Hi, I'm excited here today to be with Rashi, the CEO and founder of Shunya. And Shunya is just a wonderful platform that is a language, world culture platform for children. And what she's doing, I think, is pretty unique for the sector and industry and excited for her to share her story. So starting out, Rashi, first of all, thank you for joining us today. But tell us a little bit about the background. I know you have a, a heavy background in media uh, and I'll let you share all of that background because I probably won't remember it all. But I remember names like NBC and Discovery and executive producer and all of these kind of big titles and big name companies. So Share a little bit with us about your background and this journey and what led you to come up with Shunya and maybe even tell us then what Shunya means. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jerry. I mean, I, I can talk to you forever, but, you know, just uh, starting off. Yes, I have come from media. I've literally lived my life in, uh, in television and film. I came to U.S. in, I think, in 2001. Uh, and I came to do my master's in filmmaking. But before I came here, I was already a TV show host back in India for the national television. I was probably one of the youngest hosts on air on a daily basis. And then I became a finalist with Z, Z News. Z News is a pretty big news channel in India. And I really wanted to spend my time in creating content and not really journalism. So I came here to do my master's and then we all moved to Hollywood. My uh, thesis film had one student academy I was a sound director there and I lived in Hollywood for many many years I directed and produced television content the company I used to work for was autonomy and we had many clients like SNBC Discovery BET so I did a lot of that then I went and directed and produced two short films that were premiered at the Santa Barbara Film Festival so one thing that I really understand is media and content creation I come from that world and when I had kids, <clears throat> my, there was a, I, I, one of my films was being premiered at the Santa Barbara Film Festival. And I live in Santa Barbara. So a, a, a company based, a, a nonprofit organization called First Five reached out to me and they said, uh, can you do like an ad film or something like that for us? Because their entire focus is... Uh, about children and the development that happens in a child's brain at that time and how do you foster it? So I had young kids at that time. I said, sure. And I was really trying to make an effort in Santa Barbara, bringing the community together. I'm big about that community, bringing people together. So this started giving me piles and piles of data talking about how the brain functions in the initial first 10 years. And language was a big element there. I had kids and I wanted them to learn my language, which is Hindi, because I want them to speak to my parents in an authentic way. And I never spoke my grandmother's language, the regional language. So I always felt disconnected and I had that chip on my shoulder. Anyway, it was a very personal journey. And when I started speaking to many other different parents, I found it was not my journey. It's a much bigger problem. You know, for American-born kids, they either have to go to sub-rated content that's on YouTube because the market has moved heavily into game-based learning. If you see children today, everybody has an iPhone or an iPad. Like that's where, that's the shift that has happened. It's not going to go back. Now, in that game-based learning, 
there's a lot of content for English, but not for other languages. So I started thinking, oh, well, it's not my problem. Then I spoke to more parents and they said, can you do some stuff for me in my language? So that led me into thinking, well, can there be one platform instead of having these multiple, multiple languages, multiple apps? Can there be one platform, a single platform that brings all languages and all cultures together? And that's what got me excited about the industry, about what I'm doing, and that's what we're doing. So in the nutshell, my media journey gave me the confidence to do, create content. And now we are in this ed tech space. That, that's fantastic. And you've already done a little bit of growth. I mean, you've raised a, a pre-seed round in funding. I know that was uh, led by I believe Tech Coast Angels was involved with that around and uh, Orange County of Orange County. And that's fantastic to have their backing. And, you know, tell me, tell the people that are watching this right now, you know, there's going to be investors watching that. That's one of the purposes of wanting to have you on the platform here and sharing your story is so that investors could get a sense of who you are and what you're about and your passion. See that great smile, you know, is always helpful. And, and, but tell, like, give a quick elevator pitch as far as everything you're doing, and then we'll kind of dive and dig into that a little deeper. Yep. Anytime you talk about technology and the way the, the, the kind of content that we are doing, it requires a little bit of an infrastructure. That means you want to create, and we want to create a scalable pl platform, which we've done. So it required content that children would engage with. And so that was our first metric that we had to watch, the content that we're creating. Can it scale into multiple languages very cost effectively? So that was our first uh, milestone that we wanted to hit. And we are in five languages, English, Spanish, Hindi, Telugu, and Marathi. So scale, scaling into multiple languages was easy. Going cross-platform, that means you have just one code base and be deployable on multiple platforms was another milestone. We just released an Android version uh, last month. That was another, another thing. And then is CAC, CAC versus LTV. You know, what is my lifetime value? What, what, and at what cost am I bringing the customers in? And what are my top of the funnels that bring those customers in? So started off with a CAC, which was 110. Today, we are CAC at $38. So those are very, very important milestones for any company to have that first infrastructure to have. So th that was basically our focus from last year to this year and building a lot of analytics. So we are a kids app, not necessarily can we um, partner with outside um, SDK. So we had to manually build our dashboards. Today, I can tell you exactly where my dollar is spent and how much it, the ROI is going to be because of the, the investment in analytics, also user behavior. What is my user doing? How do they come into the funnel? What languages are they engaged with? Co what content are they engaged with? And how can we increase that through game-based learning? So that was a big one. Today, I know 75% of my customers are coming from US and they are br bringing customers from India, which is something that we didn't expect that early on in our product life cycle. We knew India was a big market. We didn't think we were going to go to India this fast. That really increases our time. If you look at the customer base in US, there are about 23 million families in US and at a $57 price point on an annual subscription, you're looking at a 1.3 billion um, you know, annual opportunity here. But if you look at India, that's a 3 billion annual opportunity right in that year. 
and the fact that we can uh, instill growth through bringing uh, referral programs for our current customers is phenomenal for us. So that has been our major focus. And we've been seeing growth in the initial first two quarters. We grew 30% over 30% because we were building all of these fundamentals. In this last quarter, I hit a 93% growth. So I'm growing 30% month over month. In this month, going into this quarter, it is a 40% growth. So when you, as a company, I think when you in, in when you in uh, invest in building infrastructure that's scalable and that you understand where you can multiply it by having a data-driven approach, you can scale the platform. And that's what we've done. We're scalable, a scalable platform in features, in languages, and geographies. That, so, that's fantastic. So you have an incredible background and mm-hmm. uh, an impressive background. Talk a little bit more about the rest of your team and what they bring on board in order to, you know, in order to show this great execution that you've had up to date. Oh my God. I love my team. And I, this is like my proud point. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I am the CEO and founder. So I really, the content, I oversee the content and the business, but I also won the um, spirit of entrepreneurship and science and technology this year. So I'm really an operator. I know how to operate. I just very focused. I'm an operator. But with me on, on my team is one, full-time Andrew Duncan. Andrew Duncan has already seen an exit. He was one of the founding members of GoToMeeting, which was acquired by Citrix. And he's been a UCSP professor in computer science, written a lot of computer science books. So he oversees the code base. A few people out there might have heard of GoToMeeting, perhaps. Yes, it was the big thing before Zoom. Yeah, you know, it was the big thing. I was being a little sarcastic there, but yeah. yeah I know. It was, yeah. They were really on a trajectory, and then they just messed it up. Well, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be saying it on a, on a recorded line, but you know, they were really, they, were, they had this thought before Zoom came in, and they were really on a growth trajectory. Anyways, he did see an exit, so he has been full-time with us from the yes. very start, and and he, um, he works closely with Ashutosh Chitnis, who's the co-founder, is moonlighting with us. And Ashutosh is the brains behind analytics. So he's the one that's building all of these analytics and these dashboards. And he works very closely with, with Andrew, who's building all of the front end. So that's my engineering team. And then we have other engineers on the team. Then on the product side, I have Mary. Mary has been an educator in the New York school districts, and she's written curriculums for the K-12 space. She uh, also has a UX degree. So she really understands and she's always talking to users, whether they're in Dubai or India or UK or USA. And so she has the patience of a teacher, number one. She speaks to users. She speaks to teachers. She speaks to linguists. And she has a degree in UX. So she blends both of that really well uh, in telling you what the product needs. So she's full-time with me and she oversees product. With marketing, I have amazing um, consultants, some that are seeing content-driven marketing, product-driven marketing, and paid acquisition. So that's pretty widespread. And 50% of this raise is going to go into marketing. So bringing some of the, my marketing consultants on as a full-time people. And so how, how much are you currently raising then? I'm raising 500K and 200K is already subscribed for. And we most likely will oversubscribe. We oversubscribed the last round too. So I'm kind of open to raising more. 
and this is really to fuel the growth into marketing because we raised the money to build the minimum viable product. Now that we're seeing the growth, this is going to go right into the marketing funnel. The rest 40% is going to fuel content delivery. So really increase the cadence of how we deliver content. Okay, and what, what type of runway do you expect that to give you then? 18 months. 18 months, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so where, where are you at as far as uh, users and revenue currently then? You've been talking about, you know, this explosive growth you've seen over the last six months or, you know, this last year. To talk about that growth and, and the revenue, yeah. where so you're at revenue-wise. Yeah, we are about 350 paid subscribers and we are about 2,000 MRR. And we lose, we, in the initial time, we were losing our customers every six months because we weren't able to generate enough content because most of my engineering team was very focused on building the back end. Now, we, in this last month, I've gotten more, about 87 more customers have come as annual subscribers. So the lifetime value has increased of my customers. And, uh, and, and the growth is 30%. So I am not going to lose as many customers as I was l- losing. So that's where my numbers are. And I, with the same amount of growth, I expect to touch 1 million ARR by the end of next year. Okay. And so your current, your current uh, revenue today, your, your current revenue today for the year, where, where are you roughly at? For the for the year, I'll be able to tell you the MRR is about twenty five hundred uh, today. So I'll be able to kind of calculate that and tell. No, that, that's fine. I just uh, wanted to get it, you know, give an idea of where that's at. And so uh, the marketing you're expecting then to be the big driving force behind driving that revenue going into the first of next year. Then, yeah. The- and there's going to be a lot of partnerships going forward. So like last year when we, we were only on iOS, we weren't even on Android. And all of this growth has been coming from iOS, which a lot of the people in this industry know is a very hard market to crack. Number one, you can't track your customers. Apple came up with a non, like a privacy policy at the, at the beginning of the year. So it was very hard to track customers. Now going on to Android, it's much easier to track customers. It's easier to remarket them. That's why your CAC is lower. So number one is to fuel one of those paid acquisitions. But we also partnered with a lot of schools where we gave out our apps, uh, free promo codes to the teachers. And they could not, uh, we couldn't get into an official partnerships because we didn't have an Android platform. So they couldn't really split and promote us to their customer base. So now those would be the partnerships that we look forward into formalizing. Then we also know that a huge customer base is coming from uh, India and UK and Singapore. Those are the three countries that are bringing us quite a bit of the customers. So incentivizing our current customers by giving them an additional month uh, free to bring those customers out. So that that's a little bit of a back, it requires a little bit of a back end. But there are many companies that do it really well, like Airbnb, they incentivize their customers to bring more customers by giving them a discount. So that would be going forward, would fuel the growth that we're looking into bringing. And then content marketing, like, you know, content marketing, really focusing on the high intent keywords, and we can multiply that. We've already uh, put together a content marketing team that's already working on it. But SEO takes a little while to grow. So we should see some numbers come in in the next three months. 
And one thing that you touched upon back in the initial when you were talking about background and all that, I believe, is competition, where you already mentioned that there's not much there for, you know, the children, as opposed to most yep. of them. Yep. You know, we yep. all know about the Rosetta Stones and the Duolingo and all those, but those are more adult driven. But what are there yep. any companies there that are on the that are near where you're at, or what you're yep. offering? Yes, yes, definitely. That's a very good question. So for English, there is a lot of good content out there in that in this space. And I'll give you examples of three companies. One is Lingo Kids. Lingo Kids is a company that focuses on children between the ages of two to eight. They had raised a six million uh, series A round I, or some series some round in 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, in June uh, 2020, 2021, just this year, they closed a 40 million round. So you can kind of see the trajectory, but they only focus on English. They're only mainly focused in US. So Lingo Kids would be one if you're looking at competition. Then there is another one called ABC Mouse and Age of Learning. They closed a 300 million round for a 3 billion valuation this year. They're primarily in U.S. and they call themselves as a language um, school readiness platform. So get your kids ready for school. They have everything under the sun, like English, English, not languages, sorry, like math and everything else. But they don't focus on our multiple languages. So those would be very kid focused on languages. Now, if you look at multiple languages, so like we support Hindi, Telugu, Marathi, those though in that the competition is very fragmented you have mom and pop programmers putting those content out as single apps not scalable very dated one app would be good in a certain language but would it it does not have a progression built in so that's where we come in that's where the vacuum in the industry is there is no single platform that you know focuses on the first 500 words and and unifies it the other aspect is a lot of interest is around cultural learning, you know, festivals of the world, foods of the world, especially with the millennial crowd. If, if you speak to the younger parents, they really, really care. And that's a trend with the younger crowd is the content that children are engaging with, how global the content is, the diversity in the content and that element festivals of the world, you know, food of the world, there is nobody doing that. And we're very, very highly focused on that aspect, as well as l- language learning platform too. So it's a very unified platform that we're going after. And, and I know just from, you know, the, the little bit of time that we've shared visiting even prior to this interview, that cultural, culture, diversity, all of that is, you know, a passion and something that you are you know, that drives you as far as wanting to bring that to the youth and to your community? Yeah, I think it is a pain point for all immigrants, doesn't matter where they come from, you know, when you till you don't have a kid, you just don't want to associate with your own culture, at least that was me. And, you know, you just want to fly and rule the world. But then when you become a parent, then you're like, oh, what, what about my culture? You know, like, can I give some of it to my kids? And then you understand, then you start looking into it and that becomes a pain point and you're ready to pay for it. So, you know, the desire of wanting and the means to pay, you know, we also have a beachhead marketing strategy is to instead of going after the Caucasian crowd where you're going after the English learning, go after the Asians where the 
pain point is felt the most because you can serve that market really well. The cost of acquisition is much, much lower and you can penetrate the market really well. And cultural is a big one for them. You know, it's speaking the first few words so that they can get away from guilt. I'm probably speaking for myself too. And, uh, um, you know, you have to make dinner and instead of allowing your child to play with something that's explosive or whatever, because you're using your iPhone as a babysitter, why not have them learn some stuff? And if they learn some words in your language, it's a win-win. Sure. That's fantastic. So, you know, when this is all successful in the long run, what, what are you envisioning as, you know, potential ex- exit? What's your goal and uh, what's your plan there? Yeah, I think we are very much uh, positioned for an acquisition. And the reason I say that is there has been, there have been more unicorns that have come out of the ed tech uh, space in this year, year alone. You know, uh, Duolingo has gone IPO, Coursera has gone IPO. There's a Canada company called Lower um, School that has gone IPO. So there has been a lot of that, that growth that you've seen. There are also a lot, there is a global trend happening. And let me give you an example. There's a company called Baiju. Anybody who knows EdTech knows Baiju. Uh, their company, online-based company, and that have come from India. It's now backed by Sequoia Ventures. They raised, the last round was 15 billion valuation. I, I, I believe, I, I don't want to misquote myself. But they've raised quite a bit of money and they're coming in and they're rebranding themselves as a future school. And they're picking up companies and app companies in U.S. They acquired Osmo for 120 million. They acquired uh, another company for 500, Epic, Epic for 300 million. So they're acquiring younger companies just because they can position themselves as a global school. So the trend going forward in the next five years is going to be pretty global. Also, a lot of schools' parents invested in hardware. So everybody got an iPad for the kids because four Zoom meetings needed to happen, you know, or iPhones. All of that investment was done by schools and parents and nonprofits. Now, going forward, the main pull is going to be content. Nobody's going to throw their iPads away. What you're going to be looking for is content, good quality content on those platforms. And that's where we come in. We own all our data, we own all of our analytics, we own all of our design and code base, and we're going after a very lucrative crowd. And if you, you, know, if you look at the India and US market, you're going after the biggest middle class in the world. And we built a scalable model, scalable in features, scalable in languages and geography. So acquisition seems to be the most, you know, we positioned for that. And I think we, we're going to get there earlier than later, just because of what the trend it is going forward. Sure, that, ma- that makes sense. So let me ask you, uh, kind of here right before we close out, Rashi, uh, what what would you describe as what was one what's one of your biggest pain points or blockades uh, in fundraising when you're trying to fundraise for a startup company? What have you found to be one of those pain points? Uh, lead gen. <laughs> you know, it is. Um, the fundraising cycle is still um, whom do you know and who can introduce you to whom. And uh, sometimes you are 
you know, you are in that network that can make those introductions. So in my first round, just to find those investors, I don't come from um, the startup world. Like I'm not part of Silicon Valley or anything. You know, it's just, that's not my network. That wasn't my network. So that was a huge pain point, you know, that, that was my huge pain point. And sometimes it's really about finding the right investor. Like, you know, if somebody has to understand why it's important to build the analytics. Somebody has to understand why it's important to create the infrastructure before you actually scale the growth. So kind of finding that right investor to back you. I mean, in the last round, it was Tech Coast Angels and we closed around in less than a month because they understood that 70% of the world market was Android and that small raise was done to get us onto Android. So that uh, finding that partnership in an investor and also getting those introductions are usually, I feel sometimes are the hardest thing. Sure. And you answered my last question, which is what do you look for personally in an investor? And you kind of covered that. So I actually have two really good investors, really good, strong investors. And I don't, I don't know if they like me to tell oh. their names, but, but you know, <laughs> they okay. are, but they are my, they have been my advisors. They're on my board and they have really, when I wanted to go and touch the sun, like, you know, fly off and get the things they're like, no, let's first figure the LTV versus CAC ratio. Let's first invest in these analytics. Like they really held me, especially in the middle of the pandemic, when we were hiring, we are a young company. If you look at it, we've closed our first pre-seed round in, fall 2019, just before the pandemic. And all of what we've done is in this last one and a half year. Um, so they just held me together and we were hiring over Zoom and scaling over Zoom is like, let's focus on getting the key metrics down. So having them uh, guide me through the process was really great. And they've come back, this is the third time they've come back in the round. So my current investors come back because they see how I'm building the company. Uh, it would be great to have a fund going forward. We're going into that phase where we would like to partner with funds now uh, is to find that thing, you know, let's build for the bigger numbers. So sure. I, th I think it's just somebody understanding you and you understanding sure. them. That's fantastic. Rashi, I greatly, greatly appreciate your time. It's been delightful getting to know more about you, what you're doing with Shunya, and, you know, wish you the most success possible and look forward to seeing you out there in the startup world. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Jerry. It was so wonderful speaking with you. So thank yes, you. Thank you.